Oh, this, uh, this cold snaps a bit much, isn't it? Oh, it's positively chilly. Uh, well, I, mean, I was told there might be snow. Yeah, yeah, is that right? Yeah, I'm not sure I'm ready to be honest. I mean, that does that seems that seems a little chillier than than what I'm ready for. Yeah, yeah, I think this is the perfect time though to just get rid of all those unfinished creative projects. Yeah, yeah, clear out all the drafts. <laughs> Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Magnetdale. And I'm not Jane Eris Magnetdale. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. It's a podcast where two queer trans women, that's us, we're wifey types, me and me. have a bit of a catch-up of media we've consumed recently oh, and no, no. Uh, make make a show despite the fact that we, we were a little bit dying last week. We had the Rona. We, we had something. I don't know if it was the Rona or the very bad flu that's apparently doing the rounds or we had some form of... Very ill for the better part of a week. I looked into the cat litter box. There was an entirely liquid poo. And I thought, yeah, I definitely don't have any sense of smell, despite being able to breathe perfectly. Oopsie. <laughs> Oopsie well, doodle. it's fine. We survived and we're here now. We are here now. And we're going to tell you about more pieces of media that we've consumed after having taken a week to let our bodies get better. Yes. Yeah. And before that, a week to talk about just the films. Yeah, and we yeah. still missed a couple. Yeah, so it's been it's been a while since we've talked about anything that wasn't films on this show. Yeah. So we well, we we got, we we got, got some, stuff. Some, some things. Yeah. Some things. Tell us the thing up that you have played. I'll I'll tell you about a thing I've played this week. Let me get up the list. So uh I have been playing around with a bunch of hardware things, some of which I can talk about this week. Um, so I can talk about the PlayStation Portal, you which can. uh had had not shown up by the last time we did an episode talking about stuff we've played. Uh, the PlayStation Portal is a remote play device for the PS5 that works over your, uh, your your home internet connection that is basically a pretty big screen with the two halves of a PS5 controller slapped on the sides of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's the thing about it. I really like this device that, in theory, I do not need to own. Because there is nothing technical this is doing that could not be done with a uh, Bluetooth controller that you clamp around your phone and using your phone to, to to do PS5 remote play. In theory, that's what this is. Mm. Um, this is the, the Wii U gamepad because you can't uh, use the telly. I mean, I wish <laughs> this was the Wii U gamepad. The Wii U gamepad connected directly to the console ah. and as such... Didn't worry about your 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 Wi-Fi connection speed uh, or, or. You're downloading something. It's time to drop the shit right? out of this. Uh, it was like super low latency tech. That was fucking great tech. I wish more uh, companies would uh, invest in bringing back. This is via your Wi-Fi. Um, so like in theory, you could buy a thirty quid controller, pop pop it around your phone. It does the same job as this. It is not a necessary device, but there's a few things about it that have made it. A device I want to use a lot more than that kind of solution for my phone. And I think, like, the biggest thing about it is simply it is a device that serves one purpose where I turn it on and it connects to the PS5 without me having to think about it. And it's not a device that's doing anything else. It's just press the button. I'm playing the PS5 on my, on my little screen. Oh. And there's a lot of things about, like... I, I think it's amazing that we live in an age where I can just, like, clamp a Bluetooth thing around my phone and use it to play my games remotely. Yeah. But as someone that, like, 
I get a lot of notifications on my phone for you work. Do. My phone is constantly fucking buzzing away. Laura it's, K buzzing. Laura K buzzing. It, it's one of those things where con- if I try and like remote play to my phone, I have to have that little bit of my head going, yeah, okay, do I, do I pay attention to that notification? Do I check what that was? Do I ignore it? I, I can just put my phone down and be playing a thing. Yeah. Um, and if you have any kind of connection issues, it is nice that this thing uh, just automatic it, it's very smooth in the way it reconnects and it, it, it's got its one job which is to connect you to the ps5 and mm. it, it's pretty good at doing that one job does it know to automatically pause the game if it loses connection yes well, so that's convenient. it's not always instant because the problem is let's say your connection is unusably slow but still technically there it won't have paused right. yet it's when it recognizes you are you are gone it'll pause it'll uh, your even games that don't allow pausing will be like, hey, you don't have a controller connected to me right now because remote play is not active. I will stop everything until you get back. Okay. And generally that has been enough for like, I've not had too many times where like it, it's been in that weird, not quite connected well situation. It's usually it didn't, it, it lost connection. It paused pretty much instantly. You got back in, it went started going again i mean i've seen you play a decent chunk of lies appeal on this so yeah. like that feels like a, a good test of thing where you need like low latency yeah. and um that like the ability to like basically get everything done immediately and not worry too much about losing yeah. connection it, it's been my test case game specifically for those reasons and i've been really impressed at how well it has worked for that I have done a decent degree of, like, making progress in that game past bosses I've been stuck on, like, actually playing remotely on the, like, uh, um, natively on the TV. Yes. Um, it's not perfect. There will occasionally be little hiccups here and there, but generally speaking, I've had a pretty positive experience with it. And mm. I recognize that, like, a good portion of that is I got lucky with our home internet setup works well enough for it to yeah. work. That's not going to be the case for everyone. No. But again, because it's basically just doing what your phone doing remote play would do. Mm. If you're someone who's like, I like the idea of this device, but I want to know if my home internet will like handle yeah. it. Test it on your just phone. Test it on your phone. Remote play on your phone. See what that quality is like. It'll be fine. Um, the screen is decently big. Um, it's, I'd say, about the same size, maybe a little larger than the Steam Deck screen. Um, I would say it's probably roughly the same size as an OLED Switch. Yeah, uh, it feels. I feel like it's maybe a little, a little bigger. I feel like it's a little bigger than the OLED Switch screen. Um, mm. It's not an OLED screen, but it is a very nice LCD screen. It's um, got a lot of good rich color. It's got a lot of good rich color. Um, the DualSense halves that are on either side of it, basically just a DualSense controller. The mm. analog sticks were a little smaller. They have a little less travel distance, but. Basically just a DualSense. It does look like some sort of cyberpunk version of a, a DualSense controller, where there's like a transformation thing that's like, oh yeah, yeah, I've done the thing, now I just pull it apart and it does this and the screen it's, pops it's up got, in the middle. Yeah, a little bit. Um, I I like that it supports all the DualSense features over remote play, so you can have your fancy trigger stuff and your, your rumble and stuff all works. Um, touch The little touch panel on the DualSense... You basically have like an area of the touchscreen near each analog stick that okay. if you touch, it's like, cool, that's your touchpad area. Do your touchpad okay. actions there. Um, it is an unnecessary device that I have gotten a lot of use out of already and mm. is a really good fit Partly for... Partly because you had to lie on the couch for a week. <laughs> I mean, that certainly helped, but like, it, it it's filling a niche for me, which is... 
I have a good enough connection to do remote play within the home, mm. and I want a nice quality device so that I don't have to, like, where's the Bluetooth thing for the phone, and, like, let's get the phone into the mount and ignore mm. the phone notifications. I just want a nice screen that its whole job is to play my PlayStation games. Yeah. And, and it, 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 it does yeah. the thing of, of being powerful enough to play, like, good-looking modern video games without the weight of something like a Steam Deck where yeah. it's just like, oh, well, my 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 wrists are fucked from playing this yes, for six hours. Indeed, and definitely lighter than another piece of tech I'll talk about this week that I've been playing around with. Well, do you want to use that as a, as a transition? <laughs> yeah, should we use that as a segue? So I've, I've been playing around with the Lenovo Legion Go, which is Lenovo's answer to the Steam Deck, kind of. What um, if the Switch had steroids? Yeah, so... Um, this is a beefy boy. Um, it is, it's got a bigger screen than the Steam Deck. It is considerably heavier than the Steam Deck, which, uh, you know, is, is a thing to get used to. Uh, the big difference to it is it has essentially detachable Joy-Cons. Uh, you, you've got Joy-Con style controllers on either side. Mm -hmm. They declip, you can sort of unclip them and they automatically pair and they're like, hey, you can have your, your Legion up on the TV or whatever and be using your Joy-Cons to... You it's know, got a kickstand, thing. though. So. It, it's got, a, it's got a, a kickstand that's a lot like the, the OLED Switch, like that yes. big all-the-way-across-the-back kickstand. Mm -hmm. um, one of the Joy-Con controllers can be used as a standing mouse, which is interesting. I've been fucking around with that a little bit. It, okay. It seems like that might be a... F like... I, I was talking to you about this during the week, that at some point, we on our list of Zelda games to play through together, there's the DS ones, yes. which are not going to be easy to put on the TV and play no. with a controller. This, either with the little trackpad on it or using it as a standing mouse on like a lap tray, mm. might be the option for us to be able to play those DS ones yeah. reasonably. Although I did recently learn the Wii U is very hackable and you can put DS <laughs> games on the Wii U and have the tablet for the DS stuff. Uh -huh. So that might also be an option. But uh, yeah, this thing runs Windows and uh, yes, I've, had to, to Windows I've had to learn Windows 11, which I'll be honest, after having a Steam Deck for a while and having to learn Linux to fuck around on the desktop... Sure, I might not love Windows 11, but it's Windows file formatting. I, <laughs> I, I have a lot less learning to do here, yeah. which is nice. Um, in terms of, like, use case for this thing, um, it's a little beefier than the Steam Deck. It, it, it's got a nicer screen. It's got, like, a 144 hertz refresh rate screen, and you can pump up the resolution a bit higher than the Steam Deck. Um, but the big thing that I think is going to be what I use this thing for is the Steam Deck cannot natively access Game Pass. Um, you mm. cannot access your Game Pass library on Steam Deck because that is through the Microsoft Store that Steam Deck <sighs> doesn't have access to. Um, this is a Windows handheld. And as such, I can just open the Game Pass app and download and play Game Pass PC games on a powerful little handheld. Mm. And honestly, I think that... because. I, I think anything that isn't Game Pass title, generally speaking, I'm probably going to play on the Steam Deck rather than this thing, mm. because that ad that additional hefty weight is a trade-off that I don't think I'm always going to want to make for that extra graphical quality. I think no. the Steam Deck looks good enough for most games that I will happily take a bit of a weight reduction. Yeah. 
Um, it feels like if you wanted to be like, I'm gaming and working out, you could use it to pump iron. But, <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, it's not something I would want to spend, like, a prolonged amount of time gaming on because I mean, it's so it's, damn heavy. It's not been as bad in that regard as I thought it would be. And it's, it does a weird but, thing when you rotate it. Like, you, as you tilt it side to side, it feels like the oh, weight is shifting Oh, it feels like somehow. the weight shifts. Yeah, I don't know quite what that's about. Yeah. Um, but, like, here's the thing. It, it has been really nice, this thing, to... It's nice to have something that I can play in my hands that natively runs Game Pass games, where my saves very smoothly go back and forth between console and mm. uh, PC. Uh, like the the one that that I've been sort of playing around with this is is um, uh, Deep Rock Galactic. Yes, and my my cons- usually you have to bring the Xbox yeah, downstairs. My console save for Deep Rock Galactic. I installed Deep Rock Galactic and I was just playing on my little handheld. It looked fucking great. It yeah. ran ran wonderfully. Um, on that note, I have. Uh, made it to retirement on my third character Ooh. now. I've done the gunner, the driller, and the scout. It's just the engineer left now. Indeed. Um, so I'm, I'm working my way through slowly. I'm getting working there. Working my way downtown. Continuing to really enjoy Deep Rock Galactic as a, a good game. every now and then pop into with you game. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, the Lenovo Legion Go is clearly a beefy bit of hardware and like more so than the Steam Deck, it feels like one where like, it's good. Gonna... I mean, it's twice the price of a Steam Deck. Yeah, it's like it, it it it's a couple hundred quid more than a Steam Deck. It's about seven hundred quid, I think. The, this thing. Yeah, and given um, that Steam Decks were recently like about three hundred quid, so you, you can get an entry level one. one at like three hundred, three fifty, I think. Yeah, like the the non OLED base models, mm. but yeah, it it feels more future proofed in terms of like how long it's going to be able to ru- keep up with running like modern new release games. Yeah, there are certainly like occasionally times with the Steam Deck where I'm like. Yeah, I can get Elden Ring to run on here, but he ain't happy about it. Oh. And, like, there's some compromises needed. This thing has, like, that little extra step up of of power, but it's mainly a device that I'm I'm going, it's really nice to have detachable Joy-Cons on yeah. this thing. And it's so re- I can put it down. Yeah, it's, it, it's got detachable Joy-Cons, it's got a good kickstand, and it runs Game Pass games. Oh. And, the, like, if any of those is a... U- or, and it has a built-in, like, standing mouse, uh, uh, vertical mouse. Oh. If any of those are a thing that you, like, really value, I can see the reasons to get this over a Steam Deck. But I think for the average person, the Steam Deck is good enough and will be good enough for a while to not necessitate that kind of upgrade despite the fact that once this thing was in my hands I was like it is real fucking nice though it's real fucking nice I I, I like it a lot I like this unnecessary beautiful thing a lot despite its huge heft it feels like you could club someone to death with it yeah it's it's got some fucking weight behind it yeah um, nice little touches. I like that it has a USB-C charging port on both the bottom and the top. Mm. So if you're, like, playing it held in your hands, you can stick the charger in the bottom. Mm-hmm. If it's in kickstand mode, stick the charger in the top. Nice. Um, and I believe both of those ports work for video out if you want to use it with, Ooh. like, your Steam Deck dock or whatever. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot to like about it. It is definitely, like, a, it is a, it is a premium, it's a premium lad, that one. Yeah. Um so yeah, that's that's a couple of that that is the 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 weight spectrum <laughs> of uh light light gaming handheld that doesn't even run the games natively versus behemoth that will run your Game Pass collection real good. Yes. Uh Horizon uh, Forza Horizon ran really nice on it. That was that was fun. It looked, it looked impressive. Yeah. Uh 
well, that's me. I've waffled on about some stuff. You've for a waffled bit. about, about some things. What, well, have, what uh, have you played this week? I, well, not necessarily this week, but well, things, things recently. I've played since we last had a chance to talk about things. Um, I played a bunch of Dave the Diver. Yeah. No idea how far through that I am. But um, what 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 is a recent thing that has happened that I might? I've got know a mirror. About? Oh, okay, yeah, you're a decent chunk of... You're getting a decent chunk of the way Yeah, in. I thought so. Yeah. Um, yeah, same problems I've, I've had with it since, like, watching Johnny Cadini's streams about it. Originally, like, most of the other people in that game are just horrible to Dave. Yes, Dave deserves so much better. Yes. Uh, we've talked about this before. Man does a lot of diving, works in a sushi restaurant. Gets roped into working in, in, in a yeah. sushi restaurant and doing research for people and He's lo- helping an entire undersea civilization. He's and lovely and he deserves everything. He just wants to do diving and chat about diving. And eat some sushi occasionally. He seems quite thrilled by the photography aspect. He does, I've yeah. I have done a whole bunch of the special photography Yeah, those are shots. fun. Yeah, like try and get the best version of this shot. Woohoo! Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been interesting. The um, Graphically, the, the pixel art in that is really nice. Right. The, the animated cutscenes are great, oh, again, in the pixel art. The only problem I have is the problem I thought I was going to have yeah. with before I even picked it up. And a problem that I thought had been solved by the way other people were talking about it, but definitely not the case. So... The game uses quite a lot of quick time events, mm. and they have handled precisely one of these. And it's one right near the beginning of the game, and weirdly it shows up less and less as the game goes on, which is actually makes it worse, because you can get quite sucked into the game of, oh yeah, you don't have to like do a, a hammer the A button to get the, yeah. to, to reel in a particular fish. You just hold down a button, which is fine. But then you get to the jiggle left and right, Yes. Um, that's still tapping. That's just tapping two buttons at once or yes. flicking a joystick if you're playing on a controller. Yes. And there is no workaround for that whatsoever. Yes. Um, and that that one is popping up a lot at the depth I've got to recently. Yes. Um, There's the other ones that are um, uh, like like rhythm action things yeah. where you've got to press the correct buttons. I don't know how timed that is, but, like... Yeah. So, I was thinking about this and trying to work out, because, like, you are correct. It's anno- it, it is a problem that you can't turn off, like, the stick-wiggling, um, uh, mi- it, the sort of minigame action okay. that it requires from you. I was trying to think, why was I having a different experience of it? And I think I worked it out. I largely played this game in uh, Joy-Con's Detach mode on the Switch, mm. and it's much easier to just pop two fingers on an analog stick and wiggle it when it you've got two halves of controller and it's like, oh, I need to do the wiggle, I'll just move these two fingers over and wiggle. Yeah. Than it is when your analogue stick that needs wiggling is on the other side of a fixed device like the Steam Deck. Yes, and I have been playing mostly on Steam yeah. Deck. Entirely on Steam Deck, actually. It's not a not a factor I'd thought about until I saw you playing. But even so, like the yeah. the thing I had been hoping to avoid by the fact that they were like, Yeah, we've got an accessibility thing in to make it easier was because one of the things I'd looked at right from the beginning was the um it's. I think it, on keyboard it's uh, A and D. Yes. Uh, to do that um, quick time event, and it's just like, what? Why? Why? Why yes. not? Why not just remove those or simplify all of them to exactly the same thing? If you recognise that that kind of thing, that kind of quick time event is an accessibility barrier, give players an option to turn fucking all of them off. Yes. Yeah. Uh, which is a, it's a shame. It, it's a shame they did not go further than yeah. they did in that it, regard. It, also, it feels really weird that the one they have dealt with is one that you get right at the beginning. 
at the, yes. the shallowest depths. And then, so that basically means that somebody could, like me, get a decent chunk of the way through the game and suddenly be like hit like a massive roadblock. Yes. Well, see, I think that's the other problem, is I recommended this to you when I was still like in the, the upper to mid sections of that mm. game going... There is a button mashing QTE, but you can you can avoid it. Yeah. I when I recommended it to you, I hadn't yet reached the point where it was going to introduce other QTE types you couldn't do anything about. Yeah, it's um it, it is a very weird choice. Um, I have managed to get on, but it yeah. does feel like really half-assing the whole situation. It, it's an unnecessary point of friction in a game that you were otherwise enjoying. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, what else have you played? Tell us another thing. Um, well, I've been playing some Yakuza. Um, I can't remember if I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. You when haven't we last yet talked, about, talked about the man who erased his name. Yeah, so I recently played through Yakuza, or sorry, Like a Dragon Gaiden, the man who erased his name, which is a, uh, a slightly shorter spin-off title following Kiryu, who is the, like, beat-em-up series protagonist like, through through the numbered games 1 to 6. Uh, and it's basically, hey, during Like a Dragon, the RPG one, uh, with, with its other protagonist, Ichiban, um, what, what was Kiryu up to during that? Because Kiryu's gonna be in the sequel to the RPG, and he somehow went from having faked his death to now he's in LA in the sequel, definitely not dead. Yep. W- what's that journey like? Um, couple of, couple of things I want to say about this, this, um, sort of spin off the man who raised his name uh i really enjoy the combat in it it is the best that like real-time yakuza combat has felt to me i think it helps that one of the things they've done is uh they've taken the combat uh, style system from the judgment games they made a couple of years ago Mm. and just like gone we're not making more sequels to this we're going to take that man's control scheme and like put the best moves of it onto kiryu now Mm -hmm. Um, Kiryu also now has, like, weird super agent gadgets, and some of them are fucking bonkers, I love yes, them. the jet shoes. The jet shoes, the drones, the... The, the weird whip watch. Spider-Man whip. Which, one, once again, like, nobody even mentions... Yeah, no one even acknowledges that Spider that he has a Spider-Man wrist w- whip now. That's just a thing, it's fine, don't it's just, ask about it. You've got a mission to get a small toy out of a, a, a river. Can you yeah. go get it for that small child? Yeah. Yes, I'll use my wrist-mounted whip watch. Yeah, my, my Spider-Man powers to get it. Um, there's not... A, a lot of the Yakuza games have, like, one big side quest that is, like, the big one for the game. And for a while, I felt like this didn't really have one of those. In in Like a Dragon, it was the, the business management game where your shareholder meetings were Pokemon battles. Uh, you know, things like that. This kind of has one of those you have you have a fight club where you can recruit fighters and train them up and like make a little fight squad and go fight these big battles with your little crew you've built and one of them does um, have a chicken head so one, it's even more like the the, the yeah business management exactly game. um one thing i think's really neat about that is all of the people you recruit to your little fight club you can play as them in like you can pick any one of them to be your, like, playable character during, like, either solo or group fights, and they have unique movesets. They just have, like, complete original movesets per character. And, you know, there's some, like, classes of them that have some overlap, but if you find, like, a particularly unique character, uh, they will just have their own moveset that's just for them. And that's really neat. I enjoy that a lot. Um, It is definitely a bit of a shorter one. 
Uh, but it was very sweet, very emotional. I had I had a good I had a good cry at the end. There was a point where Kiryu was doing a real ugly cry with like snot running down his face, and I was like, "Ah, oh, my baby, I will protect you." It's, um, I I think it's a it's a it's a nice move that a game that is so big man doohitty and and mm. um is like a, yeah. a a powerful character and and um, has many types of strength. Yeah. To just do, and now we're going to show him properly ugly yeah, sobbing. Yeah, he he saw a li- he saw a thing that made him feel an emotion, and now he's going to have about five minutes of an ugly cry and talking about his feelings. Yeah, and like that, I respect the hell out of like the degree to which they let him like ugly sob in like bittersweet happiness and despair. I was like, that's fucking well Ooh. done. Um. But yeah, so and then it's got a really chunky um, demo for the next yeah, like a dragon game. It has like probably like a forty-five minute story demo, and then an open world little demo you can do as well. It was funny because like you, I was thinking like for a forty-pound game, you got yeah. through man who raised his name quite quickly, and then you seem to spend like four to six hours playing. A demo that wouldn't end. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, that was really. Oh, oh no. Oh, there's no. No, there's more. There's, yeah. there's still more. To it. Um. But yes, it's gotten me suitably excited for for the next RPG one. Uh. But yeah, this has gotten me on a bit of a Yakuza kick. So yeah. with the the Legion Go, I have been playing a bunch of Yakuza Zero ah. because I am determined to do the like proper. Go through the whole numbered series. Oh. I've been intending to do it, and being able to sit and do it on a handheld is the excuse for me to like get through it in little chunks while we're so doing other things. You've gone from oldest Joryu to youngest Kiryu. Yeah, yeah. So I, I am uh, currently playing through uh, Yakuza Zero, which it's definitely aged a bit. Like y- you can feel this game's age. Um, there's a couple of games that like I, I think are probably better starting points in the series. Uh, Kawami and Kawami Two are remakes of, of Yakuza 1 and 2 that are a bit more modernised. Mm. Yakuza 0 didn't get that treatment, and it feels a little rough around the edges as a result. Um, it feels like an old game. It is a re-released version, though, isn't it? It is a re-released version, but it's like... It's not really had any... It, it's design edges are a little clunky, a mm. little... It, you can feel that it's an old game. Um, yes. But I'm very much enjoying it. Uh, it is... It is the story of, oh, hey, man was in the Yakuza and someone framed him for murder because there's something to do with trying to acquire this lot of land that is needed to redevelop a whole area. Mm. And I got to work out who framed me for murder and uh, how how we get the, the vacant lot. Mm. And uh, I've gotten far enough into it that I am now in the section of that game where you get to play as the other playable character of Yakuza 0, Majima. Oh shit! Uh, yeah, I know that guy. Yeah, I'm currently in the Majima section of the game, uh, in which his introduction was fucking fantastic. He's running a cabaret club, and some guy is like being a fucking jerk and getting handsy with one of the girls there. Oh. Um, so he- Majima's response is. Uh, egg the guy on to try and fight him, and then just dodge every single punch the guy throws, let him embarrass himself in front of a full cra- a club full of people, uh, and as he's being dragged out with, the, like, being threatened to be arrested, go, I, I, I don't wanna, I, I don't wanna ru- ruin, ruin your night for you by getting arrested if I can, if I can help it. 
what about if you pay for everyone's tab here tonight, uh, no matter how much they spend? You come back in the morning, every single patron here enjoys themselves as much as, as they want, you know, on your tab because you ruined their night. And then, yeah. you know, maybe we don't make more of this. And, like, it's such a good, like, introduction to his kind of suave. Mm. Um, and he goes backstage and he's like, person who got groped? I'm really sorry about that. Like, a big chunk of, like, that money we're getting off him is just going to go to you as a bonus to say sorry for what happened. He's, he seems he's a good guy with a little bit of an edge to him. I enjoy Majima. It's been fun it's smacking people thing. around with a baseball bat as yeah. him. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm having a good time with Yakuza at the moment. I'm glad. What about you? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about some some early access titles, mm. some 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 little indie games. I'm probably gonna rattle few through a few of them. So Thronefall is a sort of village building tower defense game. You are, I guess, the regent, and you are riding around on a little horse in that sort of um ah uh, was it rains? No, it wasn't rains, but the another beautiful two D um village builder mm. um. But this is sort of top-down isometric. You are obviously getting coins from uh, the the fights and from certain buildings that you build or upgrade, and that will the like the the higher your castle is upgraded, the more things you can build. But also you can upgrade the buildings you build anyway, and and some of them will get certain um, unlocks. As you play through the game, you're getting more experience, and that is giving you like extra perks to bring into levels, or more perks to bring into levels. Modifiers to make the game harder, if you wanted to try certain challenges. Mm-hmm. And apart from the first level, uh, all of the different maps will have a like a, a challenge to do, or a, se- a series of challenges to do, and it'll give you like a, a score. There isn't that many levels yet. There's, I think think there's about five different stages including the the tutorial stage it's very nicely done beautiful sort of low poly um with like a shader over it to give the um like cartoony black outline uh type idea the different levels so you've got um like one of the one of the earliest levels are sort of like um like a forest clearing, it's all very green and, and open space, but then like the next one you've got is more deserty, and you're building gold mines that act as not only a short-term source of income, but a chance to sort of teleport around the map. But if that building gets destroyed during a wave, you're going to have to walk the long way around to get back to there, and consequently that is going to make more problems for you. Mm. Um, it's really charming, it's, it's fascinating, it's decently difficult... I don't know how um, how much harder or easier it's going to get as a result of unlocking. Um, there is a decent chunk of it there so far. Um, in the recent Steam sale, I think it was down to about uh, or under. Um, I think it was under eight quid. Yeah. So yeah, it's there's a decent amount there already. I I hope there is a lot more to come. Um, that is always the risk with early access. But right fucking now, there seems to be more early access than there is of literally anything else on Steam. And maybe that's a big problem. Um, Below the Stone, I talked about this a little bit before during the um, Steam Mm. Next Fest. Uh, This is... Well, I mean, it's supposed to be things like you're upgrading armour, you're going and doing um, roguelike dives in a randomly generated um, series of dungeons, you have different biomes in the dungeons, they have plans for more biomes, more monsters, bosses, different levels, 
Uh, right now, you can uh, apparently there are two levels to the mine. A lot of people are complaining that finding the exit to the 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 second level is difficult. And then at the moment, the second level isn't much different. It's got mostly the same enemies, but mm. you can find different ores. But also you have to make sure you've got the right kind of pickaxe in order to mine those ores in the first place. Um, yeah, there are some interesting things about where in the world you find certain ores. Mm. Because initially you start off with tin. Tin's really easy to find. Your next uh, level up from that is copper. Copper's fairly easy to find right from sort of beginning or, or not even terribly far out. But also you're starting to find things like lead, which you can't break at all. Mm. Uh, so you have to wait until you've got as far as iron, but iron is quite far out in levels, so you have to have explored pretty decently far. But if you die, literally all of your stuff is gone. Mm. You'll get a starter, like uh, a hat, a pickaxe and a sword, but they are absolute crap. They won't mine very much, and unless you have been keeping a little stockpile of um, whatever the, the most recent um, decent ores are, or, or your old gear before you upgraded, you are going to be basically right back at the beginning if uh, if that is a problem. Mm. Um, so it can be frustrating, especially if, like me, you are prone to like losing concentration on a thing, and suddenly you look down, it's like, oh yeah, there was something happening elsewhere in the room, or somebody yeah. spoke to me, or I heard a noise... <laughs> And all of a sudden, I looked down. I was like, "Oh, well, that's just hours of progress lost because that was my last batch of food, my last batch of copper mm. armor." So I'm basically going back to where I was back on on tin, or or even just the start stuff. Sometimes one one of the biggest problems with this is to get out of the mine, you have to call a drop pod. The problem with that is it creates quite a lot of noise and attracts a lot of enemies. So if you're like, I need to get out of here, I've got lots of cool stuff and not a lot of food, and not a lot of health, you have to run around to try and find things to get you back up to full health before you risk calling the drop pod, because you're going to have to do a horde mode. And it can be really frustrating if you've got to a point that's like, oh yeah, I, I got so far out that now there isn't really much in the way of food just to be found lying around, mm. but I've got a bunch of iron which I need to do my next upgrades... So I'm sort of trying to squirrel uh, as safely as possible back into bits nearer the beginning yeah. where there is food to be picked up so that I can call a drop pod so that I can get out of here with all my good shit. Mm. And that can be really frustrating. I can imagine. Um, there doesn't at the moment seem, despite promises, there doesn't seem to be a huge amount here that wasn't in the uh, next first demo, which is really disappointing. Um, but I... Well, we'll see. We'll see if they do more stuff. Right now, cannot recommend, but I am really enjoying it. Yeah. I wouldn't recommend anything that incomplete. Steam mm. Early Access! Ah. Next thing I want to talk about is Station to Station. Uh, mm. This is an adorable little train game oh. about connecting I think this, if this is the one I think it is, I've played a good chunk of this. It's got little adorable voxel art. Yeah, this is the, you're connecting train stations together with the little, like, drawing the, 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 the train track. Yeah, cards. so it's like, the, here is a, a wheat field and here is a, a, a mill. Connect them, yeah. build stations near them, and then connect those with tracks. Yeah, make, make, make the resources get to the other resources so they make the other resources and do so in a sort of optimal route. 
or uh, not an optimal route so yeah. that you can get a bonus for connecting loads of things all at once. Well, yes, different. there's different ways of scoring depending on how you do it. But yeah, you're trying to connect up all your little resources with a little train network. The artwork's adorable. I spent it, a lot of time just like really zooming is. in and watching the trains go by. It's adorable, that game. It really is. Um, yeah, they did a great job. I didn't realise this was by the same people who made Train Sim Valley and Train Sim Valley 2. Both of which oh, I have played. I did not know that either. I should have realised it's basically the same game, but with less good graphics. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying uh, Station to Station so far. That was really fun. Um, Mob Factory. It's a fascinating idea. What if you had like your, your Factorio Satisfactory type um, factory game building, but it's also sort of a tower defence? Hmm. And it, you've got this whole thing of, okay... I can farm these worms to get worm skins, which I can use to make a certain type of coins and certain other resources. But on the the next island, there are spiders, and they require that I do like a bunch more killing of specific things so that I can get new weapons. Because weapons are mm. you can't produce your own weapons; you have to buy them from the black market. Okay. Um. And later on, you uh, to get upgrades for things like your conveyor belts to make them move faster, or your weapons to shoot better, um, you have to brew potions and then give those potions to a, a strange wizard mm. who's just floating around one of the islands. There's random boss encounters, which is to say you'll like purchase another island to expand... Uh, expand to and rather than being a place you could actually go it's got a giant boss sitting on it like a dragon or a hydra and mm. you have to like park as much uh, um, like as many um, offensive towers around it hopefully hopefully you will have enough spots around it and then you'll also have to think about the island where that is sort of connecting to so that you can get the resources that you're producing uh, through the island yeah. and back yeah. to your bases <laughs> to somewhere safe, which is can be a bit of a pain. Mm. Um, it's a fascinating idea, but it can get a bit grindy in later levels, and it doesn't feel like the random layouts always necessarily are as fair as others. Mm. Like, for example, the dragon... I've heard people... Or, or, like I've seen people talking about, like, oh, I got really lucky. I got a, a dragon, um, and that was in uh, surrounded by three other islands. Mm -hmm. Which meant I could just, like, lay out tons of munition and have one side entirely devoted to just taking away the rewards. Mm. Whereas I only had one side connected yeah. to the dragon, and it made it really, really difficult to do enough damage output that I was quickly making this one resource, Dragon's Teeth, mm. which is required for, like, a whole bunch of other stuff. Mm. Um, so you've got to, like, be trying to get through them as, as fast as possible. But I've got, like, the maximum possible damage output right now based mm. on what towers are available to me. And the other thing is, like, towers get more expensive the more of them you have. But in order to make a successful factory, you're encouraged to, like, build more enemy spawners. Mm. You can only have enemies of the same type on one island, so you can't mix and match and just be like, this is where I get all of X and Y. Mm. But I have found out that you can, by careful routing get enemies to move off of their starting field and walk through the traps of a different map, but they won't be trying to exit in the same place as the ones that are natively from that map. They'll be trying to get back onto their original thing to get to that particular castle. Mm -hmm. It gets a bit complicated. Um, it's fascinating, but as I say, it's a bit grindy. 
grindy, like, mid to mid-late game. Mm. It's a shame. There are some lovely ideas there. Again, had a lot of fun. It's not super expensive. I'm not entirely sure I can recommend it, unless you are seriously into both of those things. Mm. And willing to do... Oh yeah, I just left it on and walked away for an hour so that I could just have enough dragon's teeth to go and do the next thing. Or yeah. take a punt on potentially not doing the most uh, ideal thing. Trying out another weapon. Uh, what about you? Have you played anything else? Um, I can vaguely mention a thing this Ooh. week that uh, until probably... It can't talk about in huge depth until next episode, probably. But uh, the PlayStation Access controllers have have arrived. And can't talk about the use of them particularly much yet, but uh, did unbox them, and as such, I uh, can talk about that a little bit. Tiny white donut. Uh, yeah, uh, you can see me largely doing an unboxing of them back in a preview video that I did back in September that's on uh, youtube.com slash laurakbuzz. The big difference is I got to see the, the sticker holding the, the main box shut, which... Uh, I had been told initially there would be loops to help make removing that easier. There sure are. There's a loop on either side, and either side will sort of like tear a uh, neatly tear a little rip down the middle of the sticker to make the box easy to open. Good packaging principles on mm. that. Uh, no cable ties used on anything. Uh, anything that needs lifting in the box has a little cardboard loop to help lift it. Good, good packaging principles. Um, there's an accessibility episode that will be up this this week. Uh, if you're listening to like regular release, it'll already be out. If you're listening early access, it might not be out yet. You can watch um, Laura scrabbling to get into a PlayStation ball. Yeah. I uh, well, yeah. There's. I I talk in that about the the unboxing process for the the access controllers mainly because like it's great. Please, Sony, do these principles across all of your products, not just the accessibility one. Right. And like generally every company, do if you if you have an accessibility product that you've made accessible packaging for, use those principles on all your products. Mm -hmm. Um so good unboxing process. I will have thoughts about that soon, but for for now, I, I can say that unboxing process is good. Apply that to the rest of your products, PlayStation. Uh, what about you? You played anything else this week? Um, I've touched on one other thing that I will I will probably mention today, mm. and that is tights in fight spaces. No, fights in tight spaces. Mm. Fights in tight spaces. Um, yes. Yeah, so this is a uh, minimalist sort of art style. Kind of reminds me a little bit of Super Hot. Uh, it's a deck building game. You are an agent going through um, various locations, fighting people in. Um, uh, like almost like a turn-based battle, but you're using like a deck of cards, mm -hmm. and any cards okay. you don't use when you end your turn uh, will just go into your discard pile. Okay. Very few of them have a you can hold on to them um, ability. So That's... you might as well use everything you can in your hand because you're going to be scrapping and getting a full fresh hand next turn anyway. Yes, cool. But yep. also, like some of the cards will have like a cost to them, and you generally yeah. only uh, create enough. Um, Mana action points. Yeah, you won't generally create like three points um, per round anyway. Mm. Some sometimes there are ways of like generating others. A few of your cards will be like zero cost cards. Yep. Um, you have like a whole momentum system. So like the more like punches and kicks you do in succession, the higher your momentum gets, and some cards will play into that. Um, you'll have that. cards like combo finishers. Whereas, like, ah, yeah, well, because you've managed to get your combo up to six, mm. you can now smash this person's head into a drawer 
And that will be like 30 damage as opposed to 4, which it would be if you had like mm. way less. I like that. It's a fascinating idea. Um, I, I think I originally saw um, Casey Explosion playing this. Oh, yeah. And um, yeah, so it was, it was something I've, I finally got around to giving a look at because it was in the sale. Yeah. But yeah, it's... it's um, and at the end of every mission, you can just do a quick replay and it'll run through all the moves you did as like a, a a little scene rather than doing all the all the random pauses while you picked your cards so you can sort of get a vibe of how that fight actually went it's uh yes it's it's, it's a lot of good fun and i i'm looking forward to delving more into it because it seems like there is whole like unlocking aspect of getting new cards for your decks things that will appear in runs and um, yeah i'm i'm curious to see more yeah have you t- tried anything else? No, that's that's about it. I think that's an. Uh, I, I think anything else I can leave for next time. I think that's a good chunk today. Yeah. Well then, <gasps> time for this. Are you facing minor inconveniences in your life? Mm-hmm. Things going poorly for reasons outside of your control. Yeah. Got no one good to blame for the misfortunes impacting you. Uh, I mean, I tend to blame myself. Well, instead, try blaming capitalism. I mean, it is their fault. No matter the negative impacting you currently, capitalism probably did it somehow. You're ill? Capitalism made you go outside. That is true. You're cold? Capitalism wouldn't let you put the heating up more. That is true. Have to deal with terrible neighbours? If capitalism was was better, you could just move away from them. I'd love to just move away from them. Capitalism! It's the reason for literally everything inconveniencing you. Blame it today! Damn you, capitalism, next door, screaming racists. This is all your fault. Also, my toe hurts. Damn capitalism. Capitalism! These, these hackers, tell, tell me, what, what's, the, what's the situation? So, uh, yeah, uh, we, we've been infiltrated by, uh, and, and I'm reading off of their website, uh, gay catboy hackers have uh, hacked into our uh, nuclear uh, facilities databases. Right. They have large amounts of uh, of uh, security data. They are threatening to release it to the public. Right. Uh, we need to formulate our response. Right. And this is data about our uh, our nuclear weapons. Uh, I mean, well, no, it's uh, it's it's mainly like employee information, but like, right. we Still shouldn't you know? Still shouldn't get out there. No, that would be that would be bad, and we would look bad if that got released. But it isn't actually our secrets. I I mean. I mean, the people who whose information's in there might beg to differ, but... Yeah, but we will not submit to Catboys. No? No. Everybody knows that the Wolfos run this town. Ow-woo! Ow-woo! Yeah, and we're gonna take down the Catboys. We'll, we'll just refuse to surrender because the Wolfos run this town. What in the hell is happening? Serious government business. Ow-woo. Government, son! Right, I'll see you for scritching at all 1400 hours. Hell yeah. Ooh-woo. So, what have you put in your eyes? Um, well, we watched some stuff that was just like, what, what, what is a good amount of brain for the amount of awake we had uh, yes. last what, week? What can we occasionally pass out in front of? Yeah, what, what is like 
a thing that's going to be engaging, but if I fall asleep, I'm not going to miss, like, the biggest thing in the world. And boy, did we fall asleep a lot. Yeah, we? we did. Um, so one thing we did watch all of, uh, which I'd seen before, but you'd never seen, like, all of previously. I think I'd seen, like, most of the first season of Gravity yeah, Falls. Yeah, we, we watched all of Gravity Falls. All of Gravity Falls. Uh, so yeah, as someone who's never seen Gravity Falls, like, start to finish before, what did you think? Um... Yeah, I can see why people sort of hold it in very high regard, and it gets sort of lumped into that camp of um, over the garden yeah. wall. Yeah, yeah. It's like, is it fence? <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's got a like a weirdness. It's definitely more Disney weirdness than um, than uh, over the garden wall. I mean, it's... but also like it goes places. Yeah. Deer teeth, for example. It, it, yeah. It's look. It's it's Disney Disney weirdness until um, a man has all of the the holes in his face. Their functions swapped. His nose is his eye, and his ears are his mouth now, and he screams and falls to the floor. You know, kids show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like those last few episodes definitely go. They ramp up a bit. Really fucking hard. But it's it's weird because like we were talking about the the way we had first encountered uh, understanding of gravity falls. <laughs> Yours was that. Mine was a gif of a gnome vomiting, vomiting rainbows. rainbows. Yeah, which is in the first episode. Yes, and mine was basically the last set of ep- like the last couple of episodes yeah. we both had very different places we came <laughs> to this from but for anyone who's never seen it it, it is a uh, a show that has like two seasons uh about two twins who go and live with their great uncle their gruncle stan uh in in gravity falls which is a sort of tourist trap vi- uh, place in the in the woods that sort of no one really goes to and their gruncle runs a a sort of Weird horrors of the woods, uh, mystery, mi- shack. The mystery shack, uh, and it's all like fake bullshit. But Dipper and Mabel, the twins, discover there is some real supernatural stuff going on, and monster of the week little adventures start happening. And mm-hmm. w- what's with these journals? Who made these journals? What's the what's with the bigger mystery? Indeed. Um, and that show it has it is two seasons. The first season is fairly like. You know, self-contained little story of the week, and then season two is like, hey, what if we fucking had big mystery shit that start going on? Big mystery, that thing that we did in the very first episode, we're gonna be calling back to, to that a lot. You're gonna yeah. have to think about lots of things, and then the last four episodes are gonna go so fucking hard your eyes will spin. Yeah, the, pe- the pedal is gonna go fully down and you just have to <laughs> hold on for the ride. <laughs> I must say, I think that show ends on a very sweet note. I think oh, they, yeah. I think they do a really good job with that, like, finale arc of the show of, like, Big dramatic set piece, like a a rewarding solution to the big problem, oh. but also making sure that like they do a good balance of fan service of one off characters getting to come back and have their little cool moments, and making sure there's a nice little happy ending conclusion for everyone, and like all, all the everything's tied up with a very nice bow for a show that spends its last few episodes going so buck wild. Oh. Yes. There were a few times we just looked at each other when something horrifying had happened and went, Disney! Yeah! <laughs> you know, for the kids. For the kids, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, it was, yeah, fascinating show, beautifully animated. Um, weird. I love weird. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I can see why it has as much uh, love for it as, yeah. as it does. And I'm very glad they didn't fuck about and try and add more seasons to yeah. it. I'm glad that it's a self-contained story that just kind of does its thing and off it goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Other than that, we've been watching another batch of One Piece. We have. Yeah. We've, we've literally yesterday finished Alabaster. Yeah, so we, we are uh, 130 episodes deep in the anime. Um, so for anyone who, who, who knows the anime, we just got through the arc with Crocodile. Ooh. And and uh, the Baroque Works organization. Ooh, and furthermore, yes. Um, uh, Crocodile as a villain has such a good voice. He does have a good voice. It's, it's just a massive bastard. Yeah, but like a very lovingly hateable bastard. Um, hateable, hateable bastard. Yeah, and like I, I very much enjoy hating this bastard. Yes. Um, that show's heart continues to be very much lodged in, I'm going to be your friend and support you and you don't get a say in that. Yeah. I mean, the driving force of the action. Yeah. I think of, of also, uh, of all the seasons that we've seen so far, and I don't know if that's just because we've been watching One Piece rather than One Piece. Yeah. Gosh, this one's been more problematic than most. Uh, yeah. The way it talks about certain characters, for example. Yeah. There, there, are, there are some things in this that I'm looking at and going, yeah, this show's 20 years old, huh? It sure it, is. It, it uh... There's a couple. There's a couple of terms that aren't ideal that have been they thrown around. But I, 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 I've been reassured. I, I've spoken to some people who've seen further on mm. some of the things that were a little iffy, and they're like, "Yeah, the creator Oda eventually gets around to reintroducing some of these characters and being like, yeah, let's redo that and do and like handle it better this time." Yeah. And it, I, I feel like I would be will- less willing to give this the benefit of the doubt if it wasn't for the kinds of people who've recommended One Piece to us. Full yeah. stop. It's like, well, like, you wouldn't be saying that if this was irredeemably problematic. Yeah, like, without getting into big specifics, one one thing I've been mulling over uh, now that we finished the Alabaster arc of One Piece is um, there is a character who shows up reasonably frequently during that arc uh, who's referred to as Mr. Two, uh, who the is... The ballet dancer, right? Yes, the sort of ballet dancer with swans on them. And who, the face changing. Yes, who is clearly... A queer character of some description. Like, it's very clearly a slightly ham-fisted queer representation. Well, um, based on what was originally written on the jacket. Yes, I believe the, the original Japanese on the back of their jacket was just the word homosexual. Um, and, like, they usually the members of this society, uh, this group, are like a male and a female pair. And th- this one's just by themselves, because gender. But I will say, for the first time this show has introduced a character where, like, sexuality and gender is, like, a very camp-visible aspect of the character. They avoided making them, uh, like, like a clearly a villain character. They made them a character that Luffy, by the end of the arc, is like, friend! I, I will see you again, friend. You, you are good and friend. And I'm like, that's... You know what? I expect worse of anime of this era. I expect queer-coded character is just out and out villain with no redeeming qualities and to be like you're basically the only member of that organization that we walked away from with luffy going your friend friend i'll see you again you are friend it's like okay i uh, there were some little wobbly bits but like i i will accept this for what it is and that's sort of where i'm at with some of the aspects of one piece i'm willing to keep watching it at the very least yeah Generally, I'm very much enjoying the show. It's yeah. it's it's sweet. It's funny. It's I don't know. Alabaster combat. got really heavy going for a it, while. It, it did get even heavy for a bit. even though we were watching One Piece like until I think episode one two one. I think yes. it was. Like I don't know where Alabaster starts, but and but I think the um, all in one One Piece video of that was like nearly eight hours long. 
Alabaster feels like a really long arc, especially for the fact that Luffy is not in a good chunk of it. Yes, and I, as as I understand it, it, it it's it's rare that that happens in the future. There was a decent degree of pushback of what, why was there so little Luffy in this arc? I, it made sense narratively, oh. but at the same time, it's like, oh, we need a little bit of Luffy, Luffy heart because L- Luf- this Luffy, is so dark. Yeah. Luffy is one hundred percent the art, uh, the the heart of that show. Yeah, and when Luffy's not around, there, there's some heavier lifting to be done. Yeah, the Alabaster arc uh, started at episode ninety-two, so it Oof. was um, nearly forty episodes just for Alabaster. Yeah, uh, I will say. Uh, now that we've made it to the end of Alabaster, love Chopper as a character. Love Chopper. Chopper's adorable. Chopper's wonderful. Yeah. Um, Several episodes in a row of Vivi screaming, please stop fighting. Yes. To just two armies just fucking each other up. Yeah. I I will say, I respect... uh, A thing I really respect about One Piece is there's so many times that, like, any other anime of this era would have been, like... And the person gets there in time, and everything is is safe, and the war never has to happen, or the thing like that. And this really does go like, no, sometimes someone's just running a fucking psyop and is determined to make a war happen, and you you can you can fucking convince some people to do wars they don't want to do if you shoot the right person at the right time and fuck up peace talks. You can be seconds like, away from uh, a, 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 a standing yeah. ceasefire. And that person yeah. being assassinated yeah. will just, you, you just make everything get fucked yeah, up. Yeah, you again. just get one person stood on the right side, uh, on you know, stood pretending they're on one side of a ceasefire and shoot someone on the other. It makes it really fucking hard to just have a conversation about the fact that we you are being sort of led into a needless war. Yep, there's there's some decent depth to the the <laughs> yeah, things yeah. they're trying to tackle. I'm not denying that. It's just heavy going. Yes, yes, it's it, it's intense in some places, but I. Again, I'm continuing to see why why the love for this show exists. Yeah. Um, so yeah, for a quote unquote kids show, it doesn't fuck about. Yeah, yeah. For of of all the anime that four kids could have tried <laughs> to purchase the rights to and dub at the time they bought One Piece, they sure did decide One Piece. Yeah. Um. That 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 is a show that's for kids. Four kids. Uh. uh yeah. What about you? What you been watching? So we watched a thing. A while back, yeah, uh, during our period of, of of not talking about things because of the strikes, uh, but we forgot to mention it in our in our movie roundup. Yeah, what, what did we, we watch? Didn't talk about Dave Made a Maze. Oh, we didn't talk about Dave Made a Maze. That's fucking wild. Yeah, so thanks TikTok for just being like, hey, if you like horror and weird shit, watch Dave Made a Maze. It's yeah. a film about a guy who is kind of a loser and kind of flighty between projects so i don't wouldn't know anything about that with my he's, adhd he's, he's a little bit of a like a little bit of a never never really sees things through to the end definitely vibes of like adhd yeah. i can't stick with the thing long enough to actually do it yes and his girlfriend goes out of town and in the meantime he builds a maze in the living room yeah, out of car- cardboard yeah you know and he's like i'm i'm going to finish this one i'm going to finish a task and she gets home and he's like i'm stuck in the maze and it's and like five cardboard boxes on the living room floor yeah it's 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 like maybe 6 feet across yeah. and it's like how would you get lost in this what could possibly be happening 
calls like all of her friends up and they're like their mutual friends yeah, to c- sort of convince Dave's having a like breakdown or a midlife crisis. Should, in should there. we check on Dave? You've got to talk him out of the camera crew. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it it gets pretty wild. Yeah, I think it's fair to. I don't think it's a spoiler to say. Eventually, everyone goes inside the box. It's bigger on the inside. That's a bit weird. And all the sets are practical. Yes, the the fucking set design in this is immaculate. Yeah, it's fucking beautiful. And it's all like torn cardboard. But in within that, there might be like big turning cogs or. <sighs> Weird set pieces, or later on, just bizarre like yeah. traps. I don't want to give too many examples of of the specifics, but it is wonderful use of like physical set design in a way that like it is hard. Like I imagine it's quite a challenge to make your sets primarily designed out of cardboard, a material that like isn't very visually distinct from one set of cardboard to the next, and still have it be easy to track where characters are in yeah. distinct spaces, like. They do a lot with a little in that yeah. d- set design. Yeah. And and then people start dying, and yeah. that is both hilarious and weird and yes. fantastic. Um, again, it's not as visually horrific as it could be because of some creative choices they make. Yes. It's psychedelic comedy saw in a cardboard maze, kind of. Yeah, what if, what if Cube was cardboard? Yeah, what if Cube was cardboard? And then there was a punchline to that. Yeah. Um, it's I, it's one of those films that I we, we finished watching and I just kind of needed to sit there for like 20 minutes yeah. and go, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So um, I, we didn't know if it was from a struck studio or owned by like a subsidiary of someone. So we didn't want to talk yeah, about it, it at the time. But my goodness, that film is amazing. Can't, can't <laughs> recommend it enough. It is a... It is a weird little fever dream of a film, but there's nothing like yeah. quite like it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Have you watched anything else? Uh, not not really. It's been a lot of binging, like, sort of mindless YouTube that we could fall asleep I to. I mean, there has been a good chunk of, of uh, One Piece to get through, so... Yeah. yeah. Like, we, we've been watching YouTube stuff, but it was generally like, what is the thing if we fall asleep to? It's not mm. the end of the world. That's the mm-hmm. kind of week we've been having. Yeah. Uh, we needed it. Yeah. Well then. <gasps> for this hey laura yes we've got a new sponsor who's our new sponsor well are you struggling with the fact that it has been almost entirely pitch black from like 2 p.m onwards uh i mean we're lucky if it's still late at 2 p.m honestly is is your body being like ah no no, i'm not getting the tea i need the d it's bedtime get in the bed it's dark get in the bed be down and lying down and and rest and hibernate this is your natural state when it's dark and cold yeah i've been going through this well and you know it's hard to remember to put the the daylight lamp on all the the time the daylight lamp really hasn't been cutting it like it's not been enough daylight input for me well this week's sponsor is fosummerscreen.lol.net it's basically a giant monitor that you clamp over your existing windows okay and it just displays a nice sunny outdoors oh okay yeah this is this daylight out yeah exactly. and it uses special types of lighting on the screen that produces the vitamin d that you need so that you're getting all the good summer hormones. Ah, oh, it looks such like such a lovely day outside. Maybe I'll go for a walk or something. 
Oh, oh, oh no, no, okay, no, don't, no, don't, no. don't do sorry, that. Forgot the, for the a snow, sec. forgot what we were snow, doing for a second. And I haven't gritted the stairs. Okay, okay, sorry. Right, uh, just look at the window. Oh. Exactly, beautiful summer day. Oh. And also, I like the fact that we don't have to overlook a car park. I appreciate that a lot. We get to go. Oh, beautiful rolling oh, summer meadows. Oh, lovely. Not a Tory running through those summer meadows in sight. I love it. Woo-hoo. So that's fosummerscreen.lol.net. Enter the code Q and P S. 280. Ooh. And you too can have a a beautiful vision for the world outside your window. Inside the boardroom of Supremacy Software. Hi. Hi. So, uh, we need more money. I love money. I'm always up for more money. This is just a general state of being, but like, is the end end of the year, we want the the calendar year to look good, so we need to be thinking, how can we squeeze, like, a little extra money into the like the calendar year mm. without having to really do much else. Yeah, because we've we've gone past launch. Yeah, and we've gone past Black Friday, but we do need that whole couple of months of patching the latest crap that we shout out. Yeah. And uh, you know, what, so what can we do then to maybe make a little bit more money off of that? Is there there's something we can remove from say the roadmap? And, uh, you know, just carefully remove it from the bottom of the roadmap, and then we sell it back as well, DLC yeah, or something. Ex- exactly. Something we're already going to do, but even then, it's quite a low effort thing. So I'm yeah. thinking, like, uh, maybe we take one or two uh, victory poses for, like, end-of-match animations. Right, you know? right. Things like that, but, you know, we can, we can put a little sparkle on them and be like, yeah. it's a special one. Buy it for uh, for money. Like pink and fuzzy and, and glowing all over the place. Yeah, sure. But it's uh, super rare. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, maybe we go even, you know, even more basic than that. Like, right, right. Everyone's got usernames above their head when they, uh, you know, they, they play. Yeah, yeah. What, what if we just, like, give them access to, like, a different font? Like, your right, username yeah. can be in, like, uh, San, you know... Uh, Comic Sans. Comic People love Sans. that. It's memeable. Yeah, you can have your username in Windings. It's hard to report you to, to you know, the, uh, the the report staff, because no one knows how to read your name. Yes. Yeah, I am 100% behind that. That is that is amazing. Okay, what else have we got? Uh, there's got to be at least one button on the controller we're not currently using for anything. Uh, I don't know if D-pad down does anything. I think that's call for a supply drop. Could we maybe make calling for a supply drop uh, DLC? I I mean, they might notice if we do that. We might. They might. Okay. Uh, I I, I like, What if we had call call for a shiny supply drop? Ooh ooh, I like it. I like it. If we don't have any buttons left on the controller, uh, maybe you press two of them at once. So you press uh, X and Y at the same time, and you get a golden supply drop that costs you real money and gets you better loot. You are a Fucking genius. I know. So, what have you put in your ears? Oh, we put some bands in our ears. We did, just before we were struck by illness. Indeed we did. So, uh, we talked about a band called Problem Patterns a couple of weeks ago. We did. Uh, They have an album called Blouse Club that's a fucking great feminist punk album. Uh, Absolute bangers start to finish. Mm -hmm. Um, And... They put on a hell of a good live show. They did. They, the night after they'd won an award. Yeah, yeah. They they won an award. They flew a Palestinian and a trans flag at a BBC-hosted award show despite being told <laughs> not to. <laughs> Fucking love that for them. Um, they played basically the whole Blouse Club album basically in order. And, yeah. like, for for a band as, like, as, like, early on in their career as they are, 
they fucking know how to how to like energize a crowd. They mm-hmm. they've got like a natural humor to them yes. that they can use to ride through any technical issues in a way that's like it it's hard to to be funny and serious and punk at the same time, but they pulled it off really yeah. well. I think I think they did uh, a great job and it was um yeah, it was it was fascinating because it was something you don't really get from just listening to the album is just like Oh yeah, well now the bass player is playing the drums, and yeah. the, this this the like the the guitarist is now singing, and um, yeah. th- like there are so many like everyone changed seats. Yeah, so many multi talented instrumentalists. Yes. going on. Um, yeah, they they know how to like really get a crowd like moving and on their mm-hmm. side and like j- jumping around with them. Aggy. Yeah, they're a very very fun band. Oh yes. I, um, I look forward to, to more of their stuff. Yeah. But they closed out. Shall we talk about who opened? Yeah, so the very first act of the night was Dog Violet. Yeah. Which is apparently a kind of very resilient weed, which I see where the name comes from. Good pun um, name. How, how would you describe um them? More sort of um, down-tempo, like, important lyrics. Yeah. But less... Like screaming and um, like yeah. fast pace, like the drums were more subdued, but it still had like a lot to say. And um, yeah, I I really enjoyed it, and yeah. I and I I hope to to hear more from them. They're a band with very little music available online to hear, and what music there is online to hear, I get why they largely don't want to public put their stuff online because their their sound works a lot better, I think. Live. It like, doesn't help that all the stuff that they've put up is like, hey, we've put it up just because you told us to, but it's all demos as well. Yeah, so. it's seeing them play live. It's like, yeah, this is clearly the environment you're you're intended to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other one we saw was a band called Fight Milk, yes. who were fucking great. Yeah. Um, they've been around for a while. Yeah, yeah. They they've they got, got a, two albums out. They're coming up on their third album. Uh, they have an album called Contender that uh, has a couple of tracks on it I, I wanted to recommend that I think are really good uh, mm-hmm. that were played live when we saw them. Um, I'm Starting to Think You Don't Even Want to Go to Space, um, which is a track that they describe as originally being about Elon Musk, but then uh, later being about someone else. But it's uh, Because apparently he is beyond parody at this point. Yes, and I think that's, that's reasonable. And also not funny. Yeah, um... They, I think they opened with one of my favourite tracks of theirs, which is called Overbite, yes. which is like a very danceable it rock really track. Is. Um, very high energy, very high tempo, very sing along toable, even if you've not seen it before, sort yeah. of track. Um, Got the whole club moving. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, the thing that I think really struck me about them is clearly they are all incredibly like raw, talented musicians. Mm. Um, they were doing, uh, they were getting ready to do sound check, and I think it was Cindy Lauper's "Girls Just Want to Have Fun" was playing, and they all started casually on the fly doing their sound check along to the song that was playing, doing it by ear in a way where it's like, oh, you clearly, yeah, you have the skills, yeah, you 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 don't just have like the pa- the passion pushing your music to make it yeah. work, like you you are technically impressive musicians. You're you're not. 70s and 80s punk so if we don't really know how to play our instruments but we play them loud and we shout a lot yes it's uh you will you will play this a dozen times and it will be on the fucking money exactly oh. the same every time and that's great yeah um, but also they 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 gave good show like yeah their, all the all their like intermittent stuff their general banter was a lot of fun 
And then, like for the for the rest of the night, they were up the front. As, oh, I uh, love when you get the stage doing that, having a good yeah. time. It they they very clear. They have that kind of energy where it's like if you were to just take that night's performance and drop it on a big stadium stage, their presence would be big enough to fill that space. Oh, yeah. Like they they don't have any of that like timidness that that would get drowned out in a big venue. Mm. Um, they, they have rock star energy and they know it. Oh, yes. And it's great when you see a band playing in as small a venue for a smaller crowd as they were, mm. bring that kind of I'm going to play as if I'm playing for 10,000 people kind of kind of vibe. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Good, good fucking night of music. Great. Uh, what about you? You listen to anything else this week? Uh, yes. I have listened to a bunch of um, Doctor Who um, audio drama stuff. Uh, so I listened to uh, The Taste of Death, which is about a, a, a like a pleasure planet for the super rich. It's beautiful mm. and scenery uh, scenic, and it's known for its amazing culinary delights. But uh, there appears to be something unusual going on in that some of the food appears to be entirely addictive mm. to the point where people just get a bit too wild about it and then the greater mystery of what is going on around that is pretty fascinating then there was backtrack which is about uh, people who are basically time tourists mm. going get, they're they're in a, a in a spaceship they're going to be watching um i think it's like the battle of 1066 or something that they've got they've gone to watch um it's aliens doing historical stuff uh, but it turns out that, that maybe the time ship isn't wasn't all it was picked up to be second hand, and maybe there are problems with that that might cause further issues. And also, maybe there's a giant deadly bacteria. Uh huh. Things to find out. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and the last one I listened to was Wild Pastures, where uh, the uh, David Tennant's Doctor and um, do you remember Donna Noble? Oh, I remember her. Uh, her mum. Ah. Uh, so the doctor and and Donna's mum go undercover into a nursing home, um, to try and find out what is going on because there's clearly something very very wrong. Uh, people are sort of going missing, and uh, at one point something happens to the doctor and. He doesn't even remember who he is or what's going on, so it's oh. up to Donna's mum to be like, remember, please remember, it's been days. It's like, oh no, it was only this morning. It's like, no, it's been like a week since we last managed to have a conversation. It's like, things are very bad, sort them out. You were talking about this thing. Um, it's it's a fascinating story, and an, an interesting one of those sort of, uh, not a common companion, but some somebody who has ended up in a situation where it's like, ah, I can't get out of here ah. because undercover. But also, I might be in real danger, and the one person who knew what the fuck they were doing is suddenly incapacitated. Ah, <laughs> while also being, you know, Donna's mum, who's like aggressive and opinionated, and yeah, always thinks she knows best, and that's really the case. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, it was, uh, an interesting little story and, and I'm looking forward to more chug chugging through more of the big finish stories, uh, of late. Mm. What about you? Have you listened to anything else? I listened to an album that I hadn't listened to before. Yeah. So I listened to an album called The Maybe Man by an artist called AJR. Uh, so I came across this, this artist 
mainly because I kept seeing on TikTok clips from one specific song off the album called Inertia, with a really damn catchy chorus that's been doing the the rounds in, like, disabled, chronically ill TikTok. Ah. Uh, the chorus has the uh, the lines... I'm an object in motion. I've lost all emotion. My two legs are broken, but look at me dance. And like that, that has been doing the rounds in like disabled chronically old TikTok, mm. and it's catchy as hell. So I was like, okay, I want to check this album out. Cause I'd heard a couple of other bits as well and been like, these sound fun. So the album as a whole is like a very, uh, vocal, vocals forward anthemic pop album. Uh, it's very much carried by its vocalist's personality. Like it's intended to be, here is a cohesive narrative from one perspective creator that carries this sort of pop uh, anthem album through. Mm. Um, uh, mentioning a couple of tracks, like I'll talk about a couple of specific tracks to give a sense of this album. Um, it opens on a track called Maybe Man, which seems to, from what I can tell, I think it's referencing a lot of the tracks that come up later in the album, but it's very grand and anthemic um, about how... When you don't like yourself, you might cycle through wishing you were a lot of different things, from uh, being a dog to have less uh, have less responsibilities, to being drugs because then everyone's going to want you at every party, to God so you could have some control over the worst moments in the world. But that at the end of the day, you need to circle back to knowing who you are and loving that person because that's the only person you really get to be. You don't want to live on the moon. Um, you don't want to live on the moon. Uh, it's a hell of an introductory uh, track. Um, it as a very sort of like I don't know who I am, and I'm ha- having to fight the urge to just to be whoever will make you be a fan of me. Mm. With this really big stadium rock finale anthem vibe, like this is track one of the album. And I was like, mm. I don't know how you finish an album that you start this way, and I think they ultimately stick the landing uh, in a way I'll get to toward the end. A um, couple of other quick mentions of tracks. There's a track called Touchy Feely Fool um, about just kind of wishing you could shut off the emotional investment valve just a little bit to protect yourself emotionally from getting hurt. Mm-hmm. But it is a weirdly danceable track for something that, like, okay. uh, with that vibe. Uh, there is a, a song called The Dumb Song uh, that's got, like, some little scar influences mixed in. It plays around with the horns a bit. About wanting to just turn off your brain and think less in an overwhelming world. Mm. Very much like, I want to disregard the burden of knowledge and just dance instead, please. Yeah. I am just, uh, I'm just a little fool of no brain, please. Uh, there is Inertia, the track that got my attention in the first place. Uh, very much about like, how big life changes, even when you know they're necessary, are way harder than just doing more of the same. Because life has a real sort of momentum to it that is mm. hard to steer against the current of. Yes. Um, uh, there's a track called Hole in the Bottom of My Brain uh, that is about having the kind of brain that seeks external validation to silence the self-esteem void. Wouldn't know anything about that. No. Uh, and living life trying to plug that sort of, that, that hole in your brain with short-term solutions through mm-hmm. partying and being loved and, you know, things that aren't really going to fundamentally fix the problem. Yes. Uh, there is a track called The DJ Is Crying For Help, which feels like like, like a modern telling of, like, the uh, the Pagliacci goes to the doctor ah, yes. story. It's it's a... Uh, Last night a DJ saved my life, but who will save the DJ? Basically, it's, it's a entertainer who can't seem to be happy or work out how to get inspired... Uh, makes really nice use of violins in the background. Ooh, nice. Um, 
And then the last couple of tracks I want to mention are right at the end of the album, and I think this is where, like, it, it does a good job of, like, sticking a landing given how, bo- like, big its start was. Mm. Um, the penultimate track is called God is Really Real, and it is a really quiet, somber track about the fact that the, the singer's dad, from what I can tell, is dying and cannot get out of bed, and it is a song about the things that fame and success cannot give. Mm. And that no amount of change, no amount of success can fix the unfixable, but that desire to still make make art in the hopes that it will change the unchangeable. And mm. if I just make something good enough, will that make everything better? And mm-hmm. it is a real crusher of a track that leads into um, the final the final track, which is largely a reprise of the opening, mm-hmm. but with a little bit. Uh, a little bit of difference added to it. Um, it. It really sticks on this line, you've got to get better, you're all that I've got. Mm. And initially that seems like he's singing about the, the prior track, about his dad, about like, not, like, I need you to get better, what am I going to be without you? Mm. But he then kind of flips it a little bit and starts going, I've got to get better, I'm all that I've got. Mm. And bringing back like that big opening track that is about like all of the various ways that you try you might try and wish you were someone else when at your lowest and it ultimately comes back to i can only be me and the mm. first step to being okay with me is to not go on this whole journey of other things and people i could be that might fix things mm. i'm the only me i get to be uh, i've got to fix me cuz i'm all that i have at the end of the day yeah it's a really interesting like album as a whole piece hmm. i'm not gonna say that i in isolation loved every track hugely like, there's a couple of tracks that like in isolation i would probably hit skip on in, in shuffle hmm. but as like a complete piece yeah it's a hell of a piece of art that i'm glad i gave the time to it is it, it is a uh it, it is a really interesting album um hmm. So yeah, that that is uh, the the Maybe Man by AGR, AJR. Nice. Uh, so that's that's the thing I listen to. Uh, you listen to anything else? No, that's it for me. Well then, time for this. You okay, darling? You seem a bit tense. Oh, you know how it is going home for the holidays. It's it is what it is. Are you worried about arguments around the dinner table and stuff? <sighs> yeah, I'm. I'm really, really not looking forward to it. Look. If your Uncle Jeff starts kicking off giving any grief, I am more than willing for us to kick him out of the house before he eats another forkful. And then, I have maybe been saving carrier bags full of cat shit for the last nine months and we just pelt him with those on the way out until he leaves the property. I like the idea. I do... I I am concerned you've been stockpiling cat shit. Fuck Uncle Jeff. I mean, yeah, fuck Uncle Jeff. Are you in a cool band that makes amazing music? Yeah! Did one of your bandmates just get found out for being an awful human being? Yeah. Try Replacemate. We'll make a clone of your bandmate with all the talent and none of the awful opinions about minorities. Then you can ditch the original and keep on rocking in the knowledge that you can still afford to pay the bills and none of your fans are going to be exposed to that other jerk. Replacemate. Sometimes you have to throw the whole vocalist in the bin. Yeah. 
Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Social justice warriors. Social justice warriors? Yeah. All right, Larry. All right, Barry. How you doing? Oh, mate, I've not been well. I've not been well at all. You, you, you're you, doing uh, all right. I've been pretty rough too, honestly. Oh, no, mate, no, mate. But it's, uh, oh, I've been, I've been, I've been... Doing my best to look after myself and yeah, you know yeah. take take a rest have well, have, yeah. have the rest I need while while being ill. Well, I'm proud of you, mate, because I know you are prone to you know being a bit of a workaholic and well, you know the joys I guess of being you know freelance. You just want to worried that if any pause might be uh, oh yeah yeah uh, make you well, irrelevant or whatever. Well, thank thank you. I've I've been doing my best. It's you know it's important to remember to let yourself rest when you're ill and not you know try and rush yourself into. You know, either working sooner than, than needed or, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, overworking yourself if you are struggling. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. sometimes sometimes you, you you cut a bit of work short because you're struggling with it because you're ill and you keep it nice yeah. and quick and that's uh, okay, yeah, you know. You can't always do your best work, you know. You, you can't pour from an empty cup, as they say. Exactly, exactly. You yeah. can't pour it all from uh, an exhausted sleep, uh, sleep phlegmy. Uh, cup. Exactly, exactly. That cup needs washing. Yeah. Uh, which, as uh, really, uh, I, I bring this up, I, I'm probably gonna go go have a little nap. You know, yeah, I know yeah, it's shorter yeah. than our chats no, usually no, are, fair, but you know, I'm, well, I'm still recovering, so I'm gonna go. Have well, a yeah, rest. you know, it's probably probably difficult. You know, straining on the old voice. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Keep these chats too long. Do you fancy hug me? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Ah, uh, uh, good hug, mate. Good hug. Good hug. Right, I think I am going to go and uh, quietly cough into a, a, a cushion for about the next fifteen oh, minutes because so, uh, this has been this has been it for me. Sounds, sounds like a plan. Good, good on us for knowing our limits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. go have a good lie down, mate. Yeah, Rest yeah, well. Yeah. Sweet soon. So, <gasps> Laura, you do things things that can be found upon the internet, That's including right. an audio book. Tell us about these things. Well, yes, at the time that you hear this, the, there is an audio book that is available right now to purchase. Gender Euphoria. It, it, it's an anthology of trans, non-cis, uh, non-binary, just generally non-cis people's positive gender-affirming stories. There's like eight hours of me talking, narrating my own stories and those of others, you can get it wherever audiobooks are sold. Search Gender Euphoria Audiobook, you'll find it. Uh, other than that, you can find me at Laura K. Buzz pretty much everywhere. Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, TikTok, Patreon, that's the one that pays the bills, Blue Sky, Mastodon, everywhere. Laura K. Buzz. Things to look out for at the moment. There is a very big uh, PlayStation Access Controller review uh, coming. Uh, look forward to that. It's a big heckin' review. Uh, what about you? Where are you on the internet? Well, I don't have unified branding, but I can be found at linktr.ee slash janiac, J-A-N-E-I-A-C. Uh, yeah, you can find all the things I've, I've done and the music I make and all sorts of random things, and uh, you can help me justify all of my terrible life choices at patreon.com slash don'tmonkeyradio. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help me justify all of the hard work and and maybe... Make uh, not retiring to a, a full-time nine-to-five uh, an option. Do the things, or not, but maybe tell <laughs> other people about the things. Uh, yeah, Laura, yeah. you sing us out, please, darling. Until next time, be a stranger.